Donnie fucking Ray. And this is Donnie Ray's No Fucking Filter. It's been a while. Been a long time. Been a couple months, I feel like. Sorry I kept the people waiting. We must give the people what they want. <laughs> but got a special guest here today. And he's been with us once before. Maybe twice. He's been with us multiple times. No Filter. Round Rational. My man's Christopher Stetzel. What's good, my brother? Yo, what is up? Man, I thought you were going to say introduce yourself. I was ready to say I was never given a name. Oh, man. I, I was ready on it, bro. But you, I fucked up. You gave him my name. I fucked up. But it's man. good, though. Good to be back. Right. You ready to do this shit, man? Man, I'm excited. All right, got a little vibe going. Got the little uh, coast game going. Got a little music going. Now it's time to get the business. First topic of discussion. Kawhi Leonard. Now, I just want to give a disclaimer. Some of these topics, I wouldn't say necessarily old. But they might not be the most recent events. But I haven't spoken on them. So I had to give my opinion. You know, my opinion is very... <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm going to stop. I ain't conceited. But anyway, first topic of discussion, man. Kawhi Leonard, and if you people don't know, he was traded to the Toronto Raptors in the, this offseason. And just to give you guys a little background, he only played in nine games last season. So he's on the Spurs last season. He only played nine games. And like I said, on July 19th, he was traded to the Raptors for some nigga I never heard of, Jakan Podol, and a fucking... Protected top 20 pick. So, first off, I feel like the Spurs, damn near, they just took the L, right? Yeah. <laughs> they said, all right, you want out? Bet. All right. <laughs> they just took the L because I, I never heard of this guy. A top 20 pick. You know what I'm saying? Like, what's top 20? Like, I need damn near lottery. Top 20 yeah. is not lottery. So I mean, it's Kawhi Leonard. It's not. We're not just talking about anybody. So they gave him up for nothing, basically. And there was like original reports that Kawhi Leonard wasn't uh, interested in pe- playing for them. You know, he's gonna sit out the entire season. Was that even a plausible? If you think that was even, was he just bluffing, or was he really considering that? I think he was probably, I mean, bluffing to an extent. The man, he, at this point, he wants to play. Right. Um, but, I mean, I don't think Toronto was on his list at all. And my, before we really delve into this anymore, <laughs> my, my issue is Toronto. Like, I still can't believe that they gave up DeRozan, a dude who... Could be a franchise player for them. Fuck DeMar DeRozan. Come on, though. He can he can play, and he wanted to be there. And this other man has outright been like, yeah, nah, I don't fuck with it. 
And then you're going to be like, well, the guy that wants to be here, fuck him. Bye. Guy that doesn't, bring him in. We'll see what happens. I don't know. It's just, it was interesting to me, but Kawhi is something. That's what I'm about to say. It's Kawhi Leonard. Like, I mean, yeah, Kawhi versus DeMar when you put them next to each other. That's right. Nothing, like, but. DeMar DeRozan is no Kawhi Leonard. And that's what they, that's just what it comes down to. They were like, well, shit. Kawhi won out. They not going to get sent them nowhere to the West. Come on down. And then, now, <laughs> and now there's reports coming out that he might fucking, he's saying he's, uh, well, listen to what they have to offer and everything. So, you know what I'm saying? There's reports that, I don't know, man. You know, he might fucking stay. <laughs> we don't know. So, I mean, it's pretty possible. That crumble was dramatic. Right. <laughs> so, I make sure I hit on my topics. I got a book written. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. Got a book written. He's a novelist. I came prepared because I hadn't had shit. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, like I said, man, Damar ain't no motherfucking Kawhi, man. And the way the whole fucking uh, Paul George and shit series played out, see what I'm saying? Like, everybody thought it was a sure go thing that Paul George was going to the Lakers. And it turns out that he stayed with OKC. So everybody thinks it's a surefire thing that Kawhi is going to go to LA, go to Clippers shit. He might surprise motherfuckers. Who knows? And at the same time, Kawhi is a little quiet motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? I mean, Toronto, I mean, they got some talent, too. And they got a little bit, they got a little bit of something. Right, so if they make some noise, who knows what might go through his head. He a little weirdo, you know. <laughs> so you never, you don't know what that nigga thinking. Goofball. Right. So now, on to the next topic of discussion. Oh, shit. Messing up the Coast game. Oh, I didn't even notice. <laughs> All right, so next topic of discussion. This is some little silly shit, man. I was talking to my my other nigga, Chris, about... And I just wanted to touch on this, because he... It's just some silly, it's some crazy shit. So it's a fucking head transplant. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I didn't say a fucking organ transplant. I didn't say a fucking liver, you know what I'm saying? I didn't say a fucking arm, finger. I said a fucking head. Yo, I, I was... Honestly confused when I read that at first when you sent me the topic list. I was like, is that even, that's a thing? <laughs> a head transplant. What? So let me just give the people a little background. So apparently there's some Italian surgeon. His name is unimportant. I have it written down, but it's unimportant. So he wants to attempt the first ever head transplant. And so apparently he launched a project in June at this conference for surgeons, blah, blah, blah. Like I said, I had a name. It's unimportant. So, anyway, the man who volunteered for this fucking... To be a lab rat, basically. For this experiment. <laughs> That's what this is. This is an experiment. This isn't a surgery. <laughs> this is an experiment. Almost, I mean, sounds a lot like you're just ready to die. Right. Like, like, thank you. That's exactly my point. So, this, this 30-year-old, he's a Russian. And... To be fair, he suffers from this fucking disease. Uh, what's it called? Wernick Hoffman disease, and it's a degenerative nerve cell disease. So, leads to uh, loss of motor skills. So he's he's in a wheelchair. I've seen him. He look ill, but I mean, so 
I was watching this interview with this man. I was thinking, like, all I could think was it sound fucked up, but is that we're looking at a dead man right now, bro. Because <laughs> that's all that's going to happen, bro. This fucking surgery is not going to be successful. And he's going to die. Yeah. I don't see any other way around it. And then it's like, okay, let's just say, hypothetically, this head transplant was successful. We have no idea what this man's mental state would be. You know what I'm saying? Like, you just put uh, your head on a totally different body. And there's like so many fucking nerves and shit you would have to reconnect. Like, nothing's ever. You're not gonna. There's no, there's no quality of life I don't feel that could be there following that. Like, I just don't see how you could connect a nervous system back together. Right, exactly. That's exactly it. Like, there's no fucking way. <laughs> There's just no fucking way. Touchdown. Let's go. That was a nice throw. Andrew Luck out here, guys. Throwing touchdowns. Live in here. Reporting to you live. So, man, yeah, that's just... This was something I want to touch on. Like, it's just silly, man. Like, Sounds like it would be the highest mortality rate of any surgery that they've ever tried to do. So, Right, it's like, so when is like... Who signs off on this? Right, it's like, that's exactly it. Like, science is out here doing the most. <laughs> <laughs> science is doing the most. <laughs> like, it's finding good. I want to do things, you know what I'm saying, to save people and improve people's lives, you know what I'm saying? You're killing this guy. Right, but now we're getting into Frankenstein ter- territory, you feel me? Like And murder. <laughs> we're fucking trying to put a head on a different body. <laughs> like, don't that sound like some fucking cartoon shit? That don't even sound fucking real. Fuck out of here. Like, come on now. Now, next topic of discussion, man. I'm going to go ahead and throw this in here. I was going to throw it in early. Oh, boy. Let's just go ahead and talk about it. Your mans, uh, your mans from the Ohio State University, fucking Urban Meyer. Now what the fuck, man? Hold on, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you talk first, but I just want to get some background information on the situation. So, just in case you know, I would say if you've been under a rock, <laughs> Urban Meyer was suspended. For, for the first three games of Ohio State season for not fulfilling his responsibilities and obligations as the Ohio State's head coach. In specific with how he handled... In specific with how he handled... Woman beater... I'm gonna drop a bomb. Zach Smith. Now let me... <laughs> Let me give the floor, hand the floor over to Chris Stetzel and see if he can defend this man. All right. I think I'm about to really drop a bomb on Don here, but uh, I am very uh, disappointed to say to, to see how <clears throat> this was handled, to be honest with you. Um, I think it shows an- just a, yet another flaw in the... Uh, college system um, as somebody who is has personal connections to the women beater type shit <laughs> like I do not fuck with that and if there's anybody who knows that something is going on and you don't do shit right. you are just as guilty and even if okay you don't want to go to the police or whatever about it bet 
beat a motherfucker's ass then, bro. Right. Like, the, to, to just stand by and let it happen. And then when it all comes out and you're going to give bullshit excuses for why your behavior was not handled correctly. You didn't do, basically didn't do anything. I have all these reasons behind it and bullshit. And, um, Are you saying he gave him the benefit of the doubt and all this shit? At the end of the day... It, it it the decision to only suspend him for three games ultimately to me shows that Urban Meyer is more powerful than his bosses and is just like yeah no I'm straight like we're gonna be okay and that they just care more about keeping the program together and winning than doing what's morally right and at this point I am this is the part that's gonna get you <laughs> I'm not fucking with Ohio State football <sighs> like that. Like, at all. Like, I don't give a fuck anymore. Like, that shit is just corny to me. Like, you're not going to stand up for what's right, then what's the fucking point? You're not going to do... You're not going to speak up for somebody whose life is in danger, somebody at the hand of a grown-ass man. Right. Like, that's corny. Fuck off. All right, and that can lead to a little segue. I just want to give a little more background information. You write Threatening Life. The first incident... Initially happened in 2009 when Urban Meyer was still with the University of Florida. And Zach Smith, the wide receiver coach, he was arrested for aggravated battery for throwing his pregnant wife, Courtney Smith, into a wall. Now, this was why, like I said, while he was still working at the University of Florida. And then when Urban Meyer, whatever, the little scandal happened at fucking Florida, got fired there or whatever happened there. And then he fucking gets a job at Ohio State. This motherfucker hires the same woman beater to be wide receiver coach. And then in 2005, this man is investigated again for battery. And I guess he was like, uh, they were separated. He was like basically like stalking her, showing up at her job. Like, uh, I guess they had like a custody agreement. And he was, like, uh, breaching the custody agreement. And this just, like, leads me to say, like, this motherfucker must have been one hell of a good wide receiver coach for you to be sticking your neck out so far for this motherfucker. You see what I'm saying? Like, what the fuck? Like, this happened for, started in 2009, 2015. This is six years. You over here protecting this man for six years. And then there was reports that came out today. Like, I guess there were some, um, they said, like, the AD had hired some uh, lawyers to tell uh, the players how to, like, respond and how to react when they were being questioned or whatever. But I guess there was reports that came out that it was Urban Meyer that hired the lawyers. So this motherfucker is calling now for him really to be fired because it's like he was really just trying to hide all this shit. I really just trying to cover this shit up crazy. From what I've got too, it sounds like the AD's gonna end up losing his job. I'm pretty sure. I wouldn't be surprised. So it's like But in my opinion, Urban Meyer should have been fired. Urban Meyer is is and will always be one of the best college coaches of all time, but I have no respect for how he handled this and the man should have lost his job. Should be held accountable. Sorry, not sorry. One hundred people or you should have just done your job right in the first place. Even better. Right. That's when I see people, exactly, they get mad. Like, why should he lose his job for that? Blah, blah, he didn't do it, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, it's just like you knew about it. And you just chose not to 
take any action. And that leads, that could lead me to the next topic. Is it, uh, are sports too important? Like in society today, are sports too important? You know what I'm saying? Like this is a perfect example. This isn't like what my main notes were about, but like I said, it's a perfect segue. Like this is a perfect example of like, is sports too important? Like this man getting to keep his job as a football coach because they feel football is more important than domestic abuse and all that, you know, standing up for that and all that. So what do you think, man? Is sports too important in society today or what do you? I mean, I think, I do think sometimes it is too much, um, but I also do think it's good for, um, building relationships, whether it be from playing, because I mean, obviously, especially when you're young, it's great way to meet friends and whatnot. Um, right. Uh, or when you're older, I mean, you connect more, you connect with easily fans of the same teams, blah, 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 you get to talk about stuff. Um, so I think it's, it is a big part of it, but it's a, it's a cool social thing for sure. Um, um, but it's just, I don't know, it's such a big business. Right. And like you're talking, we're talking about the business aspect and shit of it right now. But like I, I got this topic originally because I was watching the show High Noon. Have you ch- have you watched that show? Mm-mm. It was a Bomani Jones and uh, Pablo. Oh, I love Bomani. They come on at uh, noon. I guess they, I think they move on to four. Shout out my nigga Bomani, you know. But uh, like anyway, I was watching that show and uh, Bomani made a comment, you know, and that I thought was interesting. He was like. Uh, the society put too much importance on uh like sports and winning because he was like uh i think they showed like a clip of like some uh kid oh like he was like i think it was like might have been like boxing or something or something they showed a clip of some kid and he was like like extra young and he was like doing some fucking workout like a motherfucking grown man would do <laughs> and he was just like is are like as a society are we putting too much emphasis on winning and like like I said the obvious answer would be yes you know putting too much importance on sports and winning because people are like oh uh, all these motherfucking athletes are paid millions of dollars to play a game and everything but like I said I want to get a little deeper than that so like I said like when it comes to like the children and everything like when I was growing up damn near couldn't start playing, like, basketball till you was, like, in fifth grade, damn near. Now, there was, like, little leagues and shit, but, like, you couldn't really seriously start playing basketball till you was, like, damn, like, fifth grade, fourth grade. Yeah. Now, they, so that's, like, what? You're, like, nine or ten when you're in, like, fifth grade or something? Uh, yeah. You're something like, yeah, you like, nine or ten or something like that. So, nowadays, they got motherfucking, like, Two, three, four, five, six, seven year olds out here motherfucking playing basketball and shit. And that just leads me to say, like, us as a kids, like, we trying to, I, some people, they be trying to lead, live their dreams through their kids. Oh, I, I didn't make it to the league, so I want this, I want my little boy to make it to the league. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I feel like we are putting too much importance on it, and these kids gonna get burnt out. It's just got to be a fun thing until they get to the age where they can start feeling what they really want to do and can say it like, yo, this is what I'm interested in playing. And then just let them get at it as they want to. Right. It can't be the parents saying it. 
Like that, oh, that that drives me crazy actually. Right. So it's like I don't understand that like kids need guidance and everything. So like you can obviously like you if you want your kid to play basketball, you can like, hey, see if they like basketball and shit. But like when you start forcing things on kids and like <coughs> forcing kids to like go to workouts and shit. And I'll be seeing shit like that, like little kids fucking going to workouts and all that stuff shit. It's like eh, it's a little much. But then I see it on like on the professional side, I get why it's all about winning. Cause like, right. the more successful you are, the more money the team makes, blah, blah, blah. It's a it it's just a business. So like you always want to perform at the highest level, which would just equate to winning. Right. But at the lower levels, they always make it about winning. But also Sports were originally supposed to be fun. So, like, a lot of times that focus on winning could take the fun out of things. Sometimes. Like, you know, there's naturally people that fucking being competitive and winning our ball. That's fun. Like, just imagine, like, high school basketball in Indiana was more about just, like, like, you can still travel and play other schools. But, like, it's just like, yo, we're going to just try to do some crazy stuff and just have a bunch of fun. Like, (laughs) <laughs> like, I mean, it wouldn't probably be as entertaining, obviously, Indiana basketball is something special sometimes, right. but, like, what if, like, what if we just weren't trained to worry about, like, who's better all the time, and right. just be like, yo, let's just go have a good time, because that's what we're here to do. Right. It'd be something. So, right, that's just a thought, you know, dialogue. Dialogue. I ain't said it yet. Hit us up on Twitter, man, Black on Black. Topher Stetzel. Right, man. Hit us up. Let us know what you think, man. If you have any uh, comments on these topics. Concerns. Right. Now, next topic of discussion. This was an interesting one. Because I fucking, I don't know. It was with them that random. Cause I randomly started watching wrestling again. And that led me to ask, who is the greatest wrestler of all time? And I'm not talking about fucking Olympic wrestling. I'm talking about WWE wrestling, mm-hmm. motherfucker. So, now, we could argue about this all day. I'm going to narrow it down. Well, you this you might have had somebody different, but I'm going to narrow it down to five wrestlers. Okay. And we're going to have to pick out of these five. Now, the first one is going to be Edge. Okay. That's fair. Next one, Shawn Michaels. Next is Ric Flair. The next is The Rock. And lastly, I know I left out some other ones that motherfuckers might want to really argue, but Triple H. Now, where's Stone Cold Steve Austin? Where's The Undertaker? (laughs) (laughs) I just left them out for sake of argument, man. Like, just for now. But, okay. So I'm just think spoiler alert, the one that I had, Undertaker. He's going to say that Undertaker. Yo, just uh, because, like, I didn't watch a lot, but the little bit I watched when I was younger, like, just such a a, a crazy character to see. That dude is terrifying. I couldn't imagine. Could you imagine <laughs> being locked in a small room with that motherfucker staring at you? No, you couldn't. <laughs> That's scary. I'm out. Yeah, big seven foot motherfucker. With some crazy eyes. Now, like I said, I had these five wrestlers. I'm just giving a little background information on them. I did a little research. I always come prepared. So Edge, 
He's 11-time world champ. He's a 12-time tag team champ. He's headlined numerous matches like fucking WrestleMania, all the pay-per-views. And he helped revolutionize the WWE with the TLC matches. Now, any motherfucker that watched wrestling as a kid, you know about Edge and the fucking tables, ladders, and, and chairs, chairs match. You go. know about it. That craziness. So, I mean, like, you hear Edge, like, you know about fucking Edge. Now, next, Triple H. That man, he's a 13-time world champ. And he's one of the longest tenured wrestlers. Like, that motherfucker was wrestling for years. And he's fucking still, he's like a GM now. So, I mean, motherfuckers know his big-ass matches fucking with Goldberg, Undertaker. He's had hella good matches. Shawn Michaels. So, I mean, shit, Triple H, he can deliver. Now, who's fucking next? Fuck, can't, can't change the page of my book. Is it Ric Flair? Shawn Michaels. Oh, All right, Shawn Michaels, he's a multi-time world champ. He's had hella five-star matches. I know you motherfuckers. Well, if you haven't seen the match at World, I mean, WrestleMania, him, Ric Flair, that was a hell of a fucking match. Him and fucking Undertaker. Undertaker! (laughs) (laughs) Him and Undertaker. Undertaker. They held uh, revolutionized tag team matches. like Revolutionary, those Right, they was revolutionaries. (laughs) (laughs) But Shawn Michaels, man, like, that's, I fuck with the heartbreak kids are not the fuck with him. Now, fucking The Rock. Mm, hell yeah. He's a multi-time world champ. The people's champ. <laughs> and But the crazy thing is, that nigga only wrestled full-time for seven years. And he's one of the most famous wrestlers. So that can just... Just because he's done so much other stuff. Shit, even before... You're right. He does, has done a lot of, a lot of other shit. But... He's still one of the most widely known wrestlers, and he only wrestled for a short period of time. So that just shows the impact. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? The impact that he had on the sport. And the last, last but not least. Certainly not. Woo! Rick fucking Flair. Rick Flair drip go woo on a bitch. In order to be the man, you gotta be the man. <laughs> Rick fucking Flair, man. 16-time world champ. 40-plus year career. 40-plus years. That's incredible for anybody at any sport. And just to think about it, people always want to down wrestling. It's fake. And yes, it is fake. Go try it. But these motherfuckers are still getting slammed on a mat. Like, you have to know how to fall. Let me slam you on a mat. And to a certain extent, still getting hit with these right. objects and shit, too. They definitely get hit with the chairs. They like, definitely getting landed on. Definitely, like... Shit's these happening. Mo- right, these motherfuckers really get injured. So, like, yeah, this shit's fake, but the better... I heard a better way to uh, categorize it is... Better way to describe it is it's choreographed. Yeah, it's staged. It's not fake. Right. You can't fake a chair to the head, really. Right. That's just authentic sound. They're just crazy people. Right. They gotta be coked out of their minds or something. Like they on some other shit. How else do you do that? So that shit, just, you gotta take into consideration a 40-year career of doing that shit. That's just crazy. Now, like I said... Did you end on him to save best for last? <laughs> nah. <laughs> I fuck with Ric Flair, though. It's crazy. I was always, like, would wonder, like, why did mother... 
fuckers like fuck with him so much and it just shows about his personality because his fucking finishers wasn't shit figure four leg lock I don't even know what his other fucking finisher was when you have a 40 year career you're gonna be old school bro right so it's like his fucking finishers wasn't shit but he was still popular 16 time world champ they don't make they don't let you be a world champ if you're not popular with the fans absolutely so it's like that just shows him as a persona you know everything and if they got a good fucking 30 for 30 on him if you haven't watched it Come on, check it out. That motherfucker nice. But like I said, so, like I said, you could argue any one of these people. You could argue a whole bunch of people I didn't even name. So I would personally choose Shawn Michaels because I fuck with the high flyers. He was a light heavyweight. You know what I'm saying? So that's like a high flyer mixed with a heavyweight. So he could fuck with the little dudes like fucking RVD, Rey Mysterio, shit like that. But he also fucked with the big boys. Yo, shout out Rey Mysterio. That's a that's another iconic one from my childhood. That man Six was, one nine. That man was out there doing some wild looking stuff. Right. Shout out fucking Eddie Guerrero too. No, yeah, for sure. We lie. We cheat. We steal. <laughs> that's my nigga, man. So like I said, Rey Mysterio had hype entrance music too. Right. I would say fucking Shawn Michaels, and I everybody love that fucking sweet chin music. He tuned up the band. That motherfucker's nice, man. That fucking atomic elbow drop. That nigga Demer did that off a of fucking elimination chamber. So I fuck with HBK now. I would that's what I would say personally. But if I'm gonna go off the fucking stats and everything and just everything and just the whole effect that the person has had on the whole sport, I would have to go with Edge. I can understand. I would have to go with Edge. Like I said, he's the most he has the most championships. He helped make the WWE what it is today with those fucking matches. Like I said, the TLC matches, Hardy Boys, the Dudley Boys, Edge versus Undertaker. There's just so many fucking matches like... TLC matches in the WWE games. Right. You're just beating the piss out of people. That is... Shout out the WWE games, man. Right. Like, man, and speaking of that, they need to bring the WWE games back to the fucking arcade stylish. Like, I'm fucking this WWE... 2K shit is fucking corny trying to make it like UFC too technical and shit. I like the fucking old SmackDown versus Raw. Here comes the pain and shit. Them motherfucking wrestling games were cold. Arcade style. Right? Like, it's too fucking... The games now is too technical. Like, I, I still... They're cool, but they're not as good as they used to be, man. Like, it just takes too much, man. So who would you say is the greatest wrestler? Man, you said the Undertaker. Give me some. I mean, that's just an iconic reason for me. I'm I, I didn't watch enough to really. If off of that list, I say Ric Flair because the man, woo, he's just he's an icon. Like he really is an iconic person. Like people who don't even really watch wrestling know who Ric Flair is somehow. Like, right. Um. Like he's a pop like yeah, you like pop culture like people. And he did like have you a, said, lot of Ric cha- Flair said a lot of a lot of world champions. I don't remember how many you said now. I think like sixteen. Maybe? Yeah, sixteen. That's a shitload. I sh- I give you props on that, Rick. Right. If you're listening. <laughs> right. Woo. <laughs> so man, next topic of discussion. This is a a real good one, an interesting one. That uh, people gonna say I'm gonna come off. Probably come off sexist, but it's not even that. But just like, oh, let's introduce the topic. So should men and uh, women professional athletes make the same amount of money? 
that is the topic. Now, like I said, this is a touchy subject. I think uh, you should preface it with the, uh, the question being, should men and women athletes make the same amount of money, comma, or should it be based off viewership? Because that makes the question better. Okay. In my opinion. Because that's how you sent it to me, too. Right, that is how I had it written down. So, now, like I said, this is a crazy subject. Touchy one. <laughs> a touchy subject amongst women because... A touchy world. <laughs> they try and make it a subject of gender equality. But that's where the, the argument loses its steam because this doesn't really have anything to do with male or female besides the fact that it characterizes the differences like it separates them that's the only thing that this gender has has to do with it the reason why they're not paid the same is because they don't bring in the same amount of money and the entertainment value isn't the same right so uh, I'll let you go I was gonna say if you cause I mean if you ever just happen to stumble upon a WNBA game on TV per se Let's just use that as an example because it's a prime example. And you look in there, the place is empty. So you can't even call sexist and saying they don't deserve it because women, hey, girls, you're not packing the place either. So you're not out there even supporting the women's sports. And no offense, they're the best women basketball players, but it's just not it's it's just not entertaining right, to watch. Li- it doesn't lit- equate to that. They literally fucking block off sections of the arena at the fucking games where they don't seat people. Like, they literally block it off. Like, they know we're not having... We're not selling this amount of tickets, so we don't need to have this place, this part of the fucking arena opened. Like... The conversation really isn't even, like, doesn't need to be WNBA versus NBA. Um, It's just that... It's a different talent level. Like, if you are going to see J. Cole at a concert, you're going to pay a lot more than when you go to see Lil Pump. Or, <laughs> or I had to take my shot. Fuck Lil Pump. <laughs> He's trash. Um, but, like, it's literally just the exact same thing. You pay for more quality. So, and you get paid for the quality of what you're putting out. Right. And, like, like I said, women try to make this argument about gender. And then, if, okay. If men and women are doing the exact same job and getting the exact same result, then yes, they should be paid the same. Yes, in the office space, yes, men and women should be paid the same because they're doing the same job. They're getting the same results. We're both, I'm doing this job, I'm making sure all these phone calls get answered. Whether I'm male or female, it doesn't matter. I'm answering these fucking phone calls. Then yes, we should get paid the same. But when there's a different outcome, say if I was a fucking male and I was getting more more sales on my phone calls because I'm a male, then I could see why I would be paid more because I'm making more. Now, if it's based solely off because I'm a male, then hey, that's not my fault, though. It's fucked up, but that's not my fault, though. That's an interesting argument. That's not even one I'm going to have right now. But <laughs> that's just one to put in your brain. <laughs> but like I said, if they're doing the exact... <clears throat> damn, voices crack like a bitch. If uh... <laughs> It's rough, folks. 
Just now getting hair on my balls. <laughs> <laughs> no fucking filter, folks. You know what you came for. But like I said, if they're doing the exact same thing and everything, getting the exact same result, then that's fine. Then they should be paid the same. But that's not the case. Now, two sports I'm going to have this argument with because these are the two sports that I've heard this uh, argument uh, mostly in is golf and NBA. So let me just break it down a little bit. You know, I did my research. I always come prepared. With the book. Come prepared. Don't hate on my notes. <laughs> but uh, so the LPGA, man, last season, well, this season, it had 34 tor- tournaments. And the PGA, so the LPGA, this ladies, obviously. And the uh, PGA, they had 50 tournaments. So, men are playing 16 more tournaments. And the most viewed tournament in the LPGA in 2017 was the British Open with 1.1 million viewers. In 2017, the most viewed tournament was the Masters with 6.8 million viewers. In 2016, the PGA grossed 78 million. While the LPGA only grows seventeen million. Case in point. Now people are trying to say that the purse, if you don't know what a purse is, it's the like the prize money is like determined by like how much money they all received and then they divvy it out by how many people they're gonna how many people they're gonna give money to. So if it's twenty people they're gonna give money to, they'll divvy out the purse. Among them. I shouldn't have to explain this to you motherfuckers anyway. So anyway, uh, so people are saying that the purses should be the same for uh, LPGA and PGA. But it's like, how can you even argue that when you when it comes down to the bottom line that the PGA is making more money? We're getting they're getting more views. I'm saying we they're getting more views. <laughs> so why? Should women make the same just because it's supposed to be equal, but we're doing more. They're playing more. I keep saying we. They're playing. The males are drafted. (laughs) Right. I got drafted into the PGA, everybody. (laughs) Donnie Ray. Check it out. (laughs) So it's like the, the fucking PGA is making more money, getting more views. That's why they're able. That's literally why they're able to give out more money because they're receiving more money at these tournaments. So like I said, is I guess there's a good reason I explain what a purse is. Their their purse is larger. Because they get more money altogether. If we're only getting 5 million dollars for this whole tournament, we're not going to be able to give as much money out as a motherfucking tournament that receives 20 million dollars. You see what I'm saying? So that's why they're receiving more money. It has nothing to do with gender. And like I said, this can go to the next sport, basketball. The NBA has a regular season of 82 games. How many games do you think is in a fucking WNBA season? Like 60. Not even. It's 34 games in a fucking WNBA regular season. 34 fucking games. Less than two months? What? Yes, it's like it's like the WNBA season is like the summer. That's so it's cute. like it's like three or four months. It's like going to camp. 
Right. We're just going to camp. So it's like that's rude. <laughs> it's you're comparing eighty two games to thirty four games. And then okay, so every series in the NBA is seven games is a best of seven. While in the WNBA, the first two rounds are single a single elimination. So you get one game in the first round of playoffs. If you lose that game, you're going home. That there just shows that they can't get enough people to watch. They don't think enough people will watch it. Right? They don't think enough people will come out or watch a fucking seven-game series all the way through. They don't think enough people will watch a seven-game series at all. Because then the final two rounds, the semifinals and the finals are best of five. They don't even think they can sell out a seven-game series. They don't even think people watch a seven-game series. Championship series. The WNBA itself doesn't think. No, they know. Right, yeah, they know that they're not as good as the NBA. Except you want the people, you want the women to make the same as NBA players. If they were making the same amount of money, then they should be. Now, let me... The NBA in 2017 had $7.4 billion in revenue. I didn't say million. I said billion. $7.4 billion in overall revenue. While the WNBA had a whopping $50 million in revenue. <sighs> and your fucking argument is solely based off gender. If you're saying that they need to be making the same. And and that at that point, I feel like you're too closed in on something. You're, you're being naive at this point. Yeah, like, I acknowledge that women and men should be treated equally and they should make the same pay based on the job. Right, based on the job, based on the results, based on revenue. Like, that's just it. So, I mean, it's just crazy to me that people really are trying to argue that WNBA players should be making the same as NBA players. And they try to say they can't even just live off that shit. Okay, if you want these, what do you want these motherfuckers to be making? You want to be making millions of dollar contracts like the NBA? Shit, them niggas only made $50 million. Goddamn. And like, no offense either, but nobody says you need to be a professional basketball player as a woman if it's not a lucrative option because right. you see the league averages before you go there. Right. Uh, maybe. Right. You maybe, like you maybe like Maybe just study hard in college. Right. And they try, to, they try to say we had to have two jobs. Well, that's shit. I mean, shit. There's plenty of people that fucking play semi-pro football and shit. And that's what they do. They have a job. And they go and play these, go to practices and play semi-pro football. And they get paid. Now, it's not the same amount. But it's like, they're doing this because they fucking love to play the game. So, if you just love to play fucking basketball, then shut up and quit bitching. Like, you're getting paid to play this while there's other motherfuckers not getting paid to play. It might not be what you want it to be, 
But at the end of the day, you're still getting paid to play basketball. And you're talking about, well, I had to have a second job or I have to go overseas. That's just what you like. People, that's shit. I had to fucking go to work every motherfucking day and it's not something nigga that I'd rather not do. You see what I'm saying? So like you're getting to go to work and do something that you want to do. If you're WNBA players, they can still uh, survive off just basketball. They might have to go overseas. But hey, there's a lot of other motherfuckers that have to go overseas. Like it's just what it is, man. Like you can't always get everything the way you want. Like this is how life is, man. If that was the case, I wouldn't fucking be here. I would be fucking in Cali with millions of motherfucking dollars. Mm-hmm. All types of uh, fucking cars. All types of shit. But you just can't want shit and it happened. Like, that's just not how it is. Life isn't fair, man. It's not fair. And they want to make everything fair. And I get it being fair, like I said, about women and gender, but it's not, it's not about that. It's about results, revenue, product. The product is not the same. The WNBA does not produce the same product as the NBA. And never will. So they're not going to make as much. Bottom line. Sorry, not sorry. Yep. <laughs> now, next topic of discussion. This is an interesting one. I don't even really know how I came up with this one. Kind of random. But I just wanted to... Who do you think is the worst NBA draft prospect ever? And, like, for those who don't know what that means, I'm just like, who was the best person that, coming out of college, that they thought was going to be good, thought was going to be cold, but ended up turning out being a bust? Now, I have a list. There's a lot of people, like I said, there's a lot of people you could argue. And I, I'm debating whether I want to choose to say your person first. I feel like I've been talking forever. See, I'll let you say your person first. Ah, mine was was a big disappointment for me, but uh, Greg motherfucking Odin, bro. Greg, that man was a beast at Ohio State. I don't know how many people watched. I got to watch him in person, and he was dominant. I watched. I gotta watch him in person too. Incredible, dude was massive. Dude was ready to. Dude looked like an NBA player already. Um, but as some of the as it happens with some of those really big guys, and just people in general, uh, in two thousand and seven, he went down and ends up needing microfracture surgery. Right. Pretty much, that's the end of it. And that's that reason right there is one of the reasons why I didn't have him on my list because okay. I almost want to disqualify him from being on this list for injury. Be- yeah, because injury. Like if it, it wasn't his fault. It wasn't that he just didn't try. Nah, because he would have... If he had stayed healthy, dude would have killed it in the NBA. There's right. no doubt in my mind. He just had to build, like, without a doubt. Right. So, if it was solely based off of just, like, potential and what, like, skill sets and everything, then I'm going to have to then I'll disqualify him from this list because I feel like he would still be uh, good. It was just those injury injuries and everything of what fucked him up. Now, these other motherfuckers on my fucking list, they just couldn't cut the mustard. They didn't get hurt or anything. They just couldn't cut the mustard. They just sucked. Right. So my list consists of 
You might not heard some of these names in a while. Fab Mello. <laughs> Jan Vesley. And R.I.P. Fab Mello, man. I didn't even fucking notice, but he is no longer with us. I was uh, like I was saying, I always yeah. do always do my research, yeah. And uh I guess like so he didn't really cut it over here. I guess I was doing my uh like I said my research and I guess he averaged like a double double in the D League and he just couldn't uh cut it in the NBA, so he ended up going uh back over to Brazil where where he's from. And I guess just one night he went to sleep, didn't wake up. That's crazy. I guess they said they think he had a heart attack. I guess his dad died of a heart attack or something. So they think it was like might have been genetic. So that's just crazy, man. RP Fab Mello, man. I didn't know, uh didn't know until I looked it up. And then like I said, it turns out, man, like he was fucking actually better than I initially had thought. Cause like I said, uh he fucking uh averaged uh like a double double in the D League. He only played six games in the NBA, but he was a D League defensive and offensive first team. Okay. So he was actually better than I thought he was. Right. So the next person on my list is uh, Jan Vesely. I don't know if you remember him. He's fucking got drafted by the fucking Wizards. He was drafted sixth overall. He played three seasons for the NBA. I mean, an NBA for the fucking Wizards and the Nuggets. He was seven foot and athletic. Like, that was the fucking shit that I fucked with him. Because, like, bad. Like, any motherfucker that's fucking lanky, tall, and can fucking dribble and fucking gonna kill it. And dunk. You like, did. this motherfucker was a high flyer. Like, he used to have a high flyer or something, but, like, he was he used to get up. And that's why I thought this motherfucker was supposed to be cold. But, I mean, I thought he was going to be cold. He was supposed to be cold. But it turns out, couldn't cut the mustard. He only averaged 3.6 points and 3.5 rebounds in 15 minutes per game in three seasons. And the crazy thing about it, Clay Thompson, Kawhi Leonard, and Jimmy Butler were all drafted after this man. That's crazy. Crazy. All drafted after him. So that just shows you what type of prospect they thought he was. Bust. He was drafted before all of them. Now the next person on my list is Hashim. <coughs> Hashim to beat. Mm. Now this man was drafted two overall. Second, two. <laughs> whatever you want to call it. This man played four seasons in the NBA. And he only... <laughs> he... <laughs> He averaged an abysmal 2.2 points in four seasons. Now, check this. James Harden, Stephen Curry, and DeMar DeRozan were all drafted after this man. Yo, you brought DeMar DeRozan back into the equation. I messed with it. (laughs) He brought him up this time, folks. Fuck DeMar DeRozan. (laughs) That is crazy, though. Now, uh, right, and uh, so the next person, Kwame Brown, this man was fucking drafted first overall, and in 14 seasons, he only averaged 6.6 points. Now, next person is (laughs) Wesley Matthews. Now, he's still in NBA, people say, Yeah, he's doing all right, blah blah blah. But this man was drafted, what was it? I threw a fucking paper down. I think it was like fourth overall. Yeah, he was drafted fourth overall. And in eight seasons in the NBA, he's only averaged 7.2 points. 
Where's your explosion? Right. Like, he's a fucking boomer. He can get up. And he can play defense, but he just... I don't know. I guess he can't put the pieces together to make it all work because he should be cold. And the last person, man, is Anthony Bennett. He was drafted number one overall. He played for four seasons between 2012 and 2017, and he only averaged 4.4 points in those four seasons. Now, who would I say is the biggest bust out of all those. I would have to fucking say Anthony Bennett. What the fuck were the Cavs fucking thinking with that shit? That was fucking stupid as fuck. I literally had never heard of this man. Never heard of this man. Until they fucking drafted him. And how'd that go? It's like, oh, he went to UNLV. They thought he was going to fucking be another Larry Johnson. Bitch, get the fuck out of here. We had never heard of this man. And you fucking drafted him? <laughs> like, what was the... And the crazy thing, these motherfuckers traded this motherfucker. That's how you know they know they fucked up. They got rid of the man. Motherfuckers don't trade their first round draft pick like a season later. Like, that was the fucking dumbest shit, man. So who was your fucking, who was your biggest bust? It's hard to argue against Anthony Bennett, but I mean, <laughs> Hakeem Tabit really is uh, is up there for me, too. Right, he was supposed to be fucking cold. Man just should have exploded. And he just, I guess, man, like, some people just get in the league and they can't put the pieces together, man. It's and, a whole different breed of people, too. They're just big and strong, fast. Right. Everybody. And it's like, man, I guess it's hard to draft. We could tell with the fucking Pacers because they fucking be fucking fucking up. Motherfuckers drafted TJ Leaf. <laughs> and he went to my fucking school, man. UCLA. I didn't go there, but that's my fucking team. That's my school. He went to UCLA, and I'm telling you that was a fucking terrible draft pick. Now, I hope, I pray to God that he proves me wrong, makes me look dumb. Made me have egg all over my face. <laughs> I hope it happens. But right now, he looks like a fucking bust. Looks like a bum. Like, what the fuck? Why why we draft this man? What the fuck? So, man, that's just... Crazy, man. Like, the drafting and just everything. I know it's difficult, but there's, like... There'd be so many busts out here, man. I was looking up. There's just a huge-ass list. There's, like... I could just go with the Pacers. The Pacers have had hella busts. I know there's hella teams, like... Have just had hella buzz. People that don't pan out. And I guess it's all a numbers game, but fuck. We need better fucking scouting. Definitely. Something. Better system. Something. This this would be a great fucking topic for my man's Jamal, man. Hit me up, Jamal. Let me know what your what your fucking thoughts are on this, man. Cause you <laughs> that man always get deep with the sports. Now the final fucking topic. A no fucking filter. This is one I know Chris has been waiting for. Yeah. I anticipate it. And it's crazy. I don't really have as many notes. I don't really have any notes for this one. I'm going to be kind of winging it. But what is the greatest Kanye West album? 
out of his fine, fine discography, which one, which album would be the greatest? Now, do you have a list of those albums, or do I need to look them up? Oh, I can rattle them. College Dropout, Late Registration, Graduation, 808s and Heartbreak, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, Yeezus, Life of Pablo, and Yay. Knocked it out the park. Watch the Thrones mixed in there, too. And then you got the Kids See Ghost and uh, whatnot. But uh, I just knocked it out the park off the dome for all you listening. So what'd you say? Say it again. College dropout, late registration, graduation, 808s, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, Jesus, life of Pablo, yay, kids see ghosts. Okay, give them a round of applause, ladies and gentlemen. If there's anything I know, it's music sometimes. <laughs> sometimes, that's a confident statement. So yeah, man, that's a... Uh... It's a hell of a list. Bro. Hell of a list. Like, I just uh, got the shit. Fucking college dropout. Three times platinum. Late, late registration. Three times platinum. Graduation. Two times platinum. It always a heartbreak. Platinum. My beautiful dark twisted fantasy. Two times platinum. Jesus. Platinum. Life of Pablo. Platinum. And yay. It's gonna go platinum. Of course it is. Watch the throne. Also, platinum. Shout back out to when we talked about Kanye saying slavery is a choice and all the people talking about we ain't gonna rock with his new shit. Hey, where did Ye's album debut? Number one on the Billboard for the eighth time in a row. Y'all lied to yourselves. I ain't gonna rock with Ye no more. Shut up. Shut up. Right, motherfuckers just be talking out their ass. But, so let's get down to the nitty-gritty. I'm a, we should break it down instead of just getting, just spewing out our answers. We should break it down kind of album by album and talk Definitely. about. So college dropout. Woo! What a way to come out the gate. Right, you know what I'm saying? College dropout. Started with Through the Wire, first single. Through the Wire, fucking Gold Digger. No, Gold Digger's on late registration. Oh, shit, I'm on some bullshit. You were for a second. Just a Hello. second. Oh, I'm talking about, okay. All Falls Down. Jesus, Jesus Walks. Jesus Walks. That's the one I was thinking Never of. Never Let Me Down. I fuck with... Uh, Spaceship. What's my favorite one on here? My fucking... I would get them high. Man, uh... Slow jams. What is my favorite song here? Actually, I don't know. It might be... It might be spaceship. That shit's hard. Workout plan. That shit's funny as hell. Right. Slow jams is a jam. It's just a jam. Ah damn, man! I'm a fucking ashamed. I said fucking uh, gold digger was on college <laughs> dropout. Fuck. Oh man, and let me just. I fuck with two words too. Let me just say that, uh, in my opinion, last call has two of Kanye's best, just like punchline bars of all time and I, I got him and I think he should have put him in a song that's not Last Call because that's a like it's 13 a minute ass. song or whatever that he right. talks through most of so people just ah, I'm gonna skip it but he's got the I used to listen to that I used to listen to College Dropout all the way straight through no skips cause it doesn't need it but it's got the he's got the uh, killing y'all 
on the lyrical shit, mayonnaise colored bins, I push miracle whips. Mars. That's, that's a nice That's bar. a legendary line. I feel like a lot of people know that one. And uh, I ain't played the hand I was dealt. I changed my cards. I prayed to the skies and I changed my stars. I went to the malls and I balled too hard. Oh my God, is that a black card? I oh, turned yeah, around and replied, why yes. But I prefer the term African American Express. Right, yeah. That's Hard. Like to, That's said, great they, writing. They stop the beat, and I prefer. Well, I you don't. You, for the term. You cannot like Kanye's a person as much Dane as possible. Like Dane Pond. Dane, that, that motherfucker was hard. Lyrical as fuck. Last call really goes hard. If you, if you be skipping last call, shit, man, niggas come up. I push miracle whips. No, I am. Hey, that motherfucker hard. What? That's got to be the outro song, honestly. Now I feel like to this episode. That motherfucker. Stay cold. tuned to the end. And we might get sued for that one. I'm not even lying. Motherfuckers really be uh fucking hit me with the charges talking about if you don't take this down, shit's gonna come. That's crazy. I'll put the Jay-Z song. I guess I should have expected it with Jay-Z. But shit. Now, next, fucking late registration. That's definitely up there. It's one of my favorite. And it was cool because College Dropout had a different sound for hip-hop. Right. That was just like unique to Kanye with the Chipmunk Soul production, and Late Registration doubled down on it pretty much, and it was a very similar sound, a storyline with the same uh, narrator throughout. Um, right. Conceptual album. Right. Yeah. Great stuff. That's what, and that's what's real, uh, real good about his albums as a whole is they all pretty much have a concept behind them. Even, even like we're gonna get into it later. Even like Yeezus, they all pretty much have a concept behind it. People might say Yeezus didn't have a concept, but yeah, he had a concept behind it. Like the concept was angry. Yeah, we'll get to it. <laughs> right, you know what I'm saying? Like he was one. He said he wanted to make a different sound. Work. He wanted to do different things. So there was a concept behind it. It might have seemed like some randomness, but you know what I'm saying. Every artist does their own thing. But like so for late registration, fire. He started that motherfucker up. Heard him say, motherfucker, touch the sky. And I'll say Touch the Sky is literally the song that put me on Lupe Fiasco. Yo, Lupe's verse is in if you've never read Rap Genius or whatever lyrics while listening to Lupe's verse or any Lupe verses really, you missing out. The dude is a wizard, one of the best to ever do it. And it's crazy, he didn't even want to spit the verse. Cause it's uh so story is he doesn't even like fucking features really. He says he just does features. Like here's people that he really wanted to do features with, and he said he's done features with them. But like besides that, he doesn't really like features. And like he just recently came out and said he's never doing a feature ever again. But uh anyway, so like he doesn't really like features, and there was like uh one of his uh Guys was telling him, nah, man, you need to do this, man. Just trust me. He's like, nah, man, I want to do it. He's like, nah, man, just trust me. Just do it. So he did the verse. And like I said, it turned out being one of the one of the greatest Kanye songs. You know what I'm saying? Like, people argue greatest, but, like, he has a whole bunch of great songs. So that's, like That song is a so huge one, banger, Right. Though. So it's like, and like I said, that's literally the song that put me on Lupe Fiasco. If, if there wasn't no Kanye West and Touch the Sky, I might not. I mean, there's still argument that... Lupe could have still came out with his other stuff, blah, blah, blah. But there's no guarantee that I would have been listening to it. Like, this song literally put me on, because I was like, oh, shit. I was like, this motherfucker's spitting. I said, let me look up who this is. Like, I looked up 
like who it was on the song. And then I looked up Lupe Fiasco. I remember going to his fucking website, first and 15th. Like I remember the fucking picture. This nigga was like standing against a wall, fucking concrete wall. Like I remember all that shit. Like that mm-hmm. shit put me on motherfucking, I mean a brick wall. It's like a red brick wall. And I remember that shit put me on Lupe. So I was like, if there was no Kanye, that just shows the, the fucking effect. Kanye has had on music. He done put me on other people. Hella people. From just listening to just him. And that could just show like people want to always down Kanye and shit. But Kanye has definitely helped a lot of other people. Yeah, like He's it been a not. stepping stone to get their own platform, make their own money. Whether you motherfuckers want to, you know what I'm saying, accept it or whatever. Whether you want to acknowledge it, whatever it is. The facts still remain that he's one of the greats and he's put a lot of great people on. Big Sean would not be a Big Sean yeah. if it wasn't for Ye. Now you can say, oh no, he's still the good on, blah, blah, blah. But he put Ye, put Big Sean on. Period. So that's just that. So, like, back to that, back to uh, late registration, gold digger, <laughs> timeless. Motherfucking drive slow. Roses, that's one of my favorite songs in that motherfucker. Yep. Addiction. The Diamonds remix with Jay-Z is hard. Hey Mama. I is, fuck with We Major. Hey Mama is one of, honestly, my, my I favorite with, songs. Hey, I really fuck with Gone. I fuck with, like, that was mm. back on the time when I really fuck with Cameron too. Like, I literally know all the words to that song. Like, I fuck. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I never know all the words to all these songs. Like, that just. Yeah, that's. Like. I'm there. Like, growing up, that was like. I literally listened to late registration with my dad going to basketball practice. Like I had the edited version, but we was listening to that motherfucker in the car. Like my dad know that motherfucking album. So that just like this yeah. motherfucking album really got a special place in my heart. <laughs> Cause like I really fuck with this album. Like I really know that album. And me me and Don have a a different relationship with hip hop. We both now we pretty much have the same relationship as in this that's what we love. Like, hip-hop is dope. But I grew up, I mean, as a, a white man, yeah. and I lived in a small town in northern Indiana. I grew up, my parents were listening to country and some rock, and I didn't start to really expose myself to hip-hop much until, like, the later years of high school, and I didn't become, like, a full, like, what I would call myself now, a hip-hop head until, like, honestly, like, 2013, 2014, and in that time... I can't even tell you how many hours of music I spend. Don be making his music and stuff. I spend all of my extra time just consuming music, just cons- constantly. Right. Um. And like, I've I've grown to just. I mean, I I am with Don now. Like, I know almost every word to all these Kanye albums. Like, honestly, like even the ones Don probably doesn't even ride with is hard. Like, yeah. There's just a. I get through a lot of music. Don. I try to get Don on more, but man. the man just don't have the time. Man, I be trying. Busy. Right. Matter of fact, my music coming out soon. I'm trying to drop it next month. Yo, but y'all I'm a, not ready. I'm going to just be honest. It's probably looking ugly for that. But now I can really buckle down and do it. I just got to get down and start recording. But anyway, I'm trying to get my shit. My shit's coming out, man. I ain't been bullshitting. Check that out. It seems like I've been bullshitting, but I promise I haven't. But anyway, back on the topic. Like, yeah, like this music just has a real fucking special place especially late registration like i said like i know all these songs so that that's gonna be i know just now this is that's definitely in my consideration for one of the best albums because like i said this album 
It's just and it's just a special one all the way through. Like Right. And now the next one, fucking graduation. Here, come, here comes the style change, folks. Graduation. Now this one. Ooh, now this one has a. Can you say bangers? All this, really, all these motherfuckers have a special place in my heart, really, because like I remember listening to this motherfucker, fucking, uh, on the way to fucking football games. Like I literally, I specifically remember, in specific, listening to this fucking motherfucker. What song? Uh, flat, not flashing lights. Fucking uh, champion, motherfucking champion. On the fucking way to fucking uh, either Ben Davis or was it Ben Davis or Warren? It definitely Ben Davis game. On the way to Ben Davis game on a bus. Listen to that motherfucker. I remember Rashad asking me to listen to my motherfucking iPod before the game. Motherfucker was listening to fucking Stronger and motherfucking Good Life. He loved the Good Life. Like motherfucker, ah, this motherfucking Welcome album. Welcome to the Good Life. Right, this motherfucking album. Drunken Hot Girls, Barry Bonds, Flashing Lights. Homecoming, Big Brother. Yo, Big I Brother wonder, is like, that... This motherfucker was... You can listen to that motherfucker straight through. And, like, the thing is that's crazy is Kanye took a different approach to this album. Like, he was literally looking to make the the, the arena-style bangers. Like, right. specifically with the song, I Wonder, I've heard him say in interviews, like, that was his, like... Of course, Kanye probably said something like, a manifestation of... Whatever, but that was what he envisioned for when he had his first arena show. And I wonder... Mm, yep. uh, the whole thing. You don't have to skip in the first three albums. There's no skips necessary. And the way the fucking album comes in, the good morning, like that whole fucking vibe. That, oh, that drum. It's kind of like, like a scary vibe, but it's not really scary. It's like an eerie, like, like, a, like a serious, a more serious tone. Almost like someone's running from something. Right, like that motherfucker hard. Then he switches it up with the champion, the motherfucking stronger, motherfucking platinum hit, motherfucking good life platinum hit, motherfucking can't tell me nothing. One of the, honestly, low key, one of the hardest songs ever made. I can't, like, can't tell me nothing. Oh, (laughs) motherfuckers know that motherfucker. Like, don't, don't stun on that motherfucker. Like, you know that motherfucker. Uh, Like, I can't tell you. Graduation is fucking crazy. Like, it's hard. Like, banger city, though. Like, I'm just trying. Shit, okay. Now we're going to, let's back it up a little bit and we can go this way. Was, was late registration better than graduate? I mean, the college dropout? It's a really hard one. Honestly, I would say it was. I would say the music kind of matured. It did, but but man, and I'm not saying there wasn't on late registration, but I think college dropout was there was some there was some of the best bars you ever heard from him, without a doubt. He's he's trying to prove himself like a motherfucker, but it did mature in late registration. You're not wrong, and there is still there's some. Crazy lyrical songs in that album. He's funny. That that early Kanye of just the the great pop culture references that we've grown to love. Uh, I guess I would at the end of the day I I'll give late registration over, over college dropout. Okay, now is. Now is graduation better than late registration? Commercially, yes. I think, uh, as far as, just technically and lyrically it's late registration because graduation has a lot of the simpler 
uh, flows, the yeah. uh, uh, like just broken down, uh, where late registration, he was still doing his thing. He was really rapping his ass yeah. off still. I, I would definitely have to agree with that, because, yeah, I'm looking at some of the songs, like... He was still proving like, himself, Like, yeah, too. like, Stronger, like, it's commercial. Like, he, like he, he still had bars on these songs, but it's not like the... It's not like the late registration. Like, it's more of uh Like, he was talking about some shit on these. Like I said, they had a concept. But, like, he was more really talking realer on late registration and college dropout. Like, it's more... And on more social issues and whatnot. Right? Too. Like, this is a more of a Kanye after he's gotten... He's starting famous. to feel him. Yeah, yeah he's, feel him, he's famous feeling himself a little bit. Yeah. He's starting to... Yeah, yeah, yeah really starting yeah, to get birthed, honestly. Yeah, and then... That egotistical... So that leads us to fucking... Heart, oh. Now, this things take a turn. This motherfucking album. This motherfucking album. Gets I can't hide it. This is my. This is <laughs> this is the greatest Kanye album of all time. I can't. <laughs> I can't wait till the end. This is it. Man, eight oh eights and heartbreaks, ladies and gentlemen. The greatest Kanye album of all time. And let me tell you why. Just the whole fucking production behind this shit is fucking ignorant. This man produced all these drums on the fucking... It means a lot more to me, too, because I fucking really produce. At least I try to, anyway. I'm not going to fucking, you know... Anyway, I make beats. And, like, I had a fucking TR-808 emulator. And this nigga, he made all the drum beats on the TR-808. So... For me to imagine that, like, you guys can't really, unless you really know about it, you can't really perceive what I'm talking about. But in order to do that, you will really motherfucking have to know what the fuck you are really doing. Because <laughs> I'm here to tell you, bro, programming fucking drum machines, motherfuckers, yeah, you can look on fucking YouTube and see motherfuckers do it. But that shit's not fucking easy, especially not with the fucking actual machine. Like, he had an actual synthesizer in front of him. And he fucking programmed the fucking beats in there. Turned the knobs. All that shit. Like, that shit's hard. He did all that shit. And, and then on top of that, like that, and then on top of that, he found his fucking samples. Now, I'm not going to try to stun on it. Like, he fucking... Did he Obviously, Kanye West, everybody knows this. And if you don't know this, I'm about to inform you. Kanye West gets uh, instrumentalists to come in and play instruments for him and whatever. But at the same time, the idea is still coming from him. Yeah, and his ear is right. It's it's, it's all being told through his ear. He, right. He knows what he needs to get across. He just doesn't, just because he doesn't have all the abilities to play the instruments, doesn't mean he's not putting it together. It's right. his, it's his songs. It's his concepts. Right. Don't yeah. ever take shit away from Kanye's albums. <laughs> right. And the like, the whole like feeling of the whole album, like it all, it has a fucking vibe. And if you don't know, it's like, uh, this was after, like, shortly after his fucking, his mom had died. So, and if you don't know uh, about it, his mom died getting plastic surgery. She's getting like a breast, breast implants or something like that. And she fucking died from complications. And I think Kanye was paying for that shit. So I think that like weighed on him, you know what I'm saying? Like. You know how people are. You just know how people are. Like that might weigh on you. Any anybody, if you fucking pay for something that you killed, your ended up ultimately 
resulting in the death of your mom. You know what I'm saying? That might fuck you up in the head. So he had like retreated to uh, Hawaii. And then like at the time too, he was dating Amber Rose. And I guess he retreated to Hawaii while he was... I don't, I don't really specifically remember. I don't remember if they were going through it at the time. But I know whatever, him going to Hawaii, they ended up fucking up. And they ended up breaking off. I think they might have broke up while he was in Hawaii. They were engaged, too. Yeah, so I think he, they like broke up while he was in Hawaii. So that all comes down. Fucked him up. So, like, yeah, imagine fucking... So you're engaged to this bitch. And I can imagine some bullshit like that because, motherfucker, I done been through heartbreak. So I can imagine... That leads to another reason why I think this album's so great. But anyway... So, like, just imagine your mom dying. And if anybody's been through that, just, you know the fucking how that painful that could be. I could just only imagine. I'm not looking forward to the day I have to deal with that shit. And imagine that. And then imagine getting your heart fucking broken. All shortly within the same time frame. If you ever had your heart broken, I have. And I'm here to, if you haven't, I'm here to tell you that shit hurts. So imagine all of those feelings and emotions all coming together at like one time. And to be able to still produce fucking music is a fucking is amazing in itself. Do you know why I think he was able to do this album or pull, like make this album is because if you think about it like from when he like when it, with his mom dying like he I heard him say in an interview, like, he just had to keep making music and touring and yeah. just the endless cycle of getting on the map in the in the rap game and uh, basically just ended up uh, not being able to really deal with it. Yeah. And I think this is part of his healing, part of his healing process. And when we get to the next album, that's where the, the kind of the rest of the healing process took place um, within Twisted Fantasy. Um, but I think this is really where it started is he just, he doesn't, I, I think Kanye being such a artistic personality, I don't think he, he knows how to handle his emotions except for really just through his creation, whether it is in his fashion or in his music, I don't think he's probably great at expressing himself in any capacity other than those. Um, as I think we've seen when he tries to use words, sometimes it just right. doesn't always uh, compute. Right, so who was that? I don't think Buck's playing anymore. Right, was that Brissett? I think it probably was. We know Brissett's got a big arm. It is. Look at the big motherfucker. Right, he yo, he just threw a bomb coming to you live once again <laughs> later in the third, late in the third quarter. Ooh, <laughs> he got fucking rocked too. Oh, he probably just broke a rib. What a throw, though. Shout out to Kobe on that one. Oh, he's still grinding too. Oh, oh, <laughs> shit, we over here fucking watching this game. Sorry, folks. So, eight oh eight. Let's get into some tracks. Um, uh, so, I mean, it's this is a sonic experience as well. Starts off right. Starts off with "Say You Will." Say you will. Welcome to heartbreak. <sighs> Heartless. Amazing. Love Lockdown. Like Paranoid, that's one of my favorite songs. Yep, that on is there. honestly my favorite song on the album. Robocop. Streetlights, that song. Hard fucking. I feel that song. Cause, like I said, that's one of the reasons why this album is 
the greatest album of all time to me because I was fucking at that time like I was going through heartbreak as this fucking as this album came out like it wasn't like right as it came out but like towards the fucking like after I had fucking sat with this album damn near for like a month or so then it happened and then I really fucking started feeling I was listening to this shit and I really started feeling this shit like fucking heartless Say you will, streetlights, fucking coldest winter, mm. coldest winter, and you just had some heartbreak, nigga. And like, if you got time to listen to the whole Pinocchio story, a hey, Pinocchio story is cold than a bitch. That's honestly, that's like on the lowest of keys. One of the better things you'll ever hear, Kanye. One West. of the realest songs. Yeah, that man was. That was from somewhere deep down inside that man. Right. So, Shout out. Golly. So we're through, what is this, the fourth? Yeah. So just so, okay, so we're still four albums in. Don't touch the skip button. Yeah. There hasn't been a reason for the skip button. But Don, so Don put this at number one. Yeah, for my, me, that's my number one. For me, late registration would still be at the top of where we've been. Um, and honestly, like 808s and graduation to me are like, just right there together. Um, and co- honestly, College Dropout for me is above both of those. Mine goes Labor Registration, College Dropout, and then Graduation, and it uh, awaits right now. Which brings us to Two. my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Now this, like I said, pretty much all these, this, this is leading me to a great point. It's crazy how pretty much music can like take you back to a time because literally when I think about all these albums I think about a time and like I can see like like I literally see images of a time in my mind like when I think about college dropout um I'm seeing fucking me and my friend Elliot's house me riding in a fucking green Tahoe because I used to listen to Fucking, I said, that's a labor surgeon, college dropout. I'm in college, college dropout. Yeah, that's what I'm talking yeah, about. I'm in college that. dropout. So when I think of fucking labor registration, like I said, I think of driving a basketball practice with my dad. When I think of fucking graduation, I think of fucking going football, football practice. When I think of fucking, it always a heartbreak. I think of my fucking Spanish class, because there was a nigga in my Spanish class, Vin, Vincent, Vincente. And he fucking, uh, me and him used to talk about that shit. I think about fucking driving to... One of my ex's house, Shelby, with my nigga, well, riding in it, uh, in a car with my nigga Chris and my nigga Danny to Shelby house on some bullshit. Like, <laughs> I remember, like, I think of that shit. And then, like, fucking my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. I'm thinking of my fucking freshman year at Hanover. Fucking getting lit in the fucking, at Fiji. Like, going crazy. Right. It's crazy how music can fucking, like, literally take you back to a time, make you feel shit. And like, there's not really anything else that can really do that. With this album, for me, um, I mean, I've always, I've always recognized that this album was of, it was just some really great music. Um, but there's a podcast that I found on Spotify that's called Dissect, and uh, I found that about Don't six months ago. Don't erase no filter. And uh, they, uh, he, he breaks down hip-hop albums to, like, their core and it was, of course, extremely interesting for Kanye to hear him tell where the samples come from, break down the lyrics and the story that it's telling. And uh, I tell you, when I listened to the season about my beautiful, dark, twisted fantasy, 
it changed my entire light of thinking on I need it. To, I need to check that out. I forgot to listen to that. Because, you know, hard for me to fucking find time. I yeah. mean, to interrupt you. Are you good? Yeah, I need um, to check that out. And it just, because it, it shows you every musical thing that it's doing, lyrical trick that he plays, uh, breaks the entire story down. Because my beautiful dark twisted fantasy is a story. It is a three act situation that could literally be put into a play form if it really wanted to be. Um, and in my opinion, when when you really sit with this album, you have to. If you really want to get what I'm telling or saying, like you gotta sit with it. Put your phone down and listen to it. Right. The music behind it. Listen to the layers in his voice. It's a, a, such a dense sonic sound. You, when you hear the all of the lights musical interlude right after power, at the end of power, he insinuates a suicide. And then there's that interlude going into this beautiful, all of the lights, um, the guitar solo and devil in a new dress, just like get, um, the guitar-esque humming on... Rate on Runaway that is just Kanye auto tuned. Like take those things in and like you're it's it's that this album is so classically well done that your music or your ear is literally designed or like trained to hear these things and feel a type of way. Like it is the music itself is like telling a story. Like you could take the lyrics away and it's like an orchestral work like you could go hear it at an orchestra and be like oh wow that was really something and that is something that is was revolutionary for this album um at hip in hip-hop in my opinion like it is something unlike anything else have you ever uh have you ever heard uh kanye's uh he has a late registration orchestra album i have incredible yeah that motherfucker is nice too incredible so yeah, let's get into some of the songs on here, man. We over here diving deep into this shit. We've been uh been at it for a minute, but this is the first episode back. This bitch might be two hours. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Donnie Ray's no fucking filter, bitch. We doing the damn thing. Oh yeah, I came up with a slogan. Uh-oh. For Donnie Ray's no fucking filter. We bringing reckless back, bitch. We bringing reckless back. You're right. <laughs> so shout out Justin Timberlake for right. that. <laughs> So let's get into some of the uh, songs, man. First song, Dark Fantasy. My favorite intro track to any album ever, ever, period. It 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 start. I I I would I'll start going crazy on the analytics of the the very beginning when you hear the. You might think you've peaked the scene. You haven't. It's a it's a cool play on a retelling of Cinderella that pretty much tells the whole concept of the album right there and the whole the, and it's just so beautiful. Can you take me higher? It's so crazy, man. I have to say, it sounds like it. There's no really other way to say it. This is one of my least favorite Kanye albums. Bro, there's some bars. And it's this musically of, crazy. This is definitely one of my least favorite Kanye albums. Like, I'm looking at this fucking. I'm looking at the track list. Man, you, you don't like the song Dark Fantasy? Fantasize about this back in Chicago. That song was. I mean, it was cool. It was cool, but it, like there's songs that I could definitely do. Without. Gorgeous, he's spitting. Like Gorgeous is lyrically one of Kanye's best songs, and he's talking about shit. I had to go back and listen to it. I don't listen to this album like that. And like honestly, I think if you listen to that dissect, man, it would change your opinion. Cause like power, like I have heard you say, like power is one of your least favorite songs. Like it's just not creative I didn't to you. With, I didn't fuck with hell of a life. I didn't fuck with lost in the world. I didn't fuck with who will survive. Or right, I'm gonna go through. I mean, Runaway's crazy, obviously. 
I didn't really... Monster's okay. See, do you know what... You know what the best part of Monster is. Nikki. Nikki. That was the birth of Nicki Minaj. My favorite song on here is fucking Blame Game. I remember that song. I remember remember hearing that song. Lit than a motherfucker. Let's play a blame. For one of the first songs. Like, that was back... That was back at the time when I was fucking getting, like, legit lit. <laughs> like, legit lit. And, like, when you would get lost in the music, like, really feel the music. And I, I do remember this, like, Blame Game and fucking Devil in a New Dress. Those were songs that I would really fucking feel. So I do fuck with those songs. Fun fact, Devil in a New Dress is the only song on the album that Kanye did not produce. Um, but that beat is crazy. There's a guitar solo. That leads up to Rick Ross's part. Um, that any MC would kill to have the en- that be the entrance to their to the their verse. Um, if you li- if you if you just lay back and listen with your eyes closed to that guitar solo, um, there's something in there. It's a music can do crazy things if you just let it. Right, man. Music cold, and that's another. Another example, uh, man, gives me leads me to another example. You see, saying music can do crazy things. There's a song, man, called "Fucking Up" by Wiz Khalifa, man. If you've never done the fucking up effect, I'm not endorsing drug use, <laughs> but <laughs> but he'll but go ahead, smoking weed. But go ahead, <laughs> but go ahead and toke you up one, and listen to fucking up. With the lights off and your eyes closed, and I'm telling you, you got to be extra lit, though. I'm not just talking about a little bit high. You got to be extra high, <laughs> okay? You got to be extra high <laughs> and listen to that motherfucker in fucking headphones on, fucking speakers, whatever. But just listen to that motherfucker in the dark with your eyes closed, and I'll tell you, you will experience the up effect. That's the... Uh, and you will thank me. That's the... Uh, 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 that motherfucker that, cold. Yeah. Okay. I'm telling you, man, the motherfucking up. Is that is that on uh, cushion uh, orange juice? juice? Yes. Cushion, yo, time out for all the Kanye. We couldn't be talking about something more different, but cushion orange juice is a fucking classic. I texted Don like a week ago and said, "Yo, man, every time I listen to cushion orange juice, it's a fucking vibe." Yeah, we actually saw so shit. This will be something that we can do. Every uh, episode, uh, we could break down an album or something. So we finally have to break down Cushion Orange Juice next time. Adding that, adding that to the list. So stay tuned for next. I'm trying to record every week. So next week's episode, we're going to break down Cushion Orange Juice, man. We're going to start. That's to be something I could do, man. We're going to start breaking them down song by song, man. Talking about what we like, what we didn't like. We can get heady with it. I like that because that's the kind of shit I like. All right, so we can definitely... So, me and Don have very differing views on this song, or this uh, album specifically. Um, I I dove very deep into every meaning of every lyric, though. Um, So, I mean, I think I have a little bit of an advantage. There's, it it is a story. So, I mean, uh, it's not everybody's cup of tea. It was a very big collaboration. Lots of vocals everywhere. There's layers everywhere. It was definitely a dense piece Uh, of work. But... Sometimes you, if you got the time, just really listen to it. Just let them, even if you're not tuned completely in the lyrics, let the music do it. Um, and do it. And then we, uh, we go on to the next one, a real wild card of an album. This is was right. One. This is a hella wild card album. This is an album that a lot of people hate. 
Yeah, I would say they don't like it. I have to say this album is very unappreciated. To say the least, very unappreciated. And I would say underappreciated. Like, that's... I. There is some of Kanye's craziest production in this album. Right. There is some nutso stuff. And it, it, and it once again goes along with uh, what Don was saying of how it, it has a theme. Um, and I think the theme of a lot of Kanye's albums, the theme is a little bit of just what Kanye's life is at that time. He's very good at expressing exactly where he's at at the, at, at the point in his life. And at this point, he was very frustrated with the fashion industry and how that was going for him. And if you don't listen to this album and hear frustration, you aren't listening right. Rebellion. The man didn't give a fuck. Yeah, that's and that's the thing. Like people that hate on this album, is because they didn't, they don't really fully understand the album. They don't understand where he was coming from. Like you said, there was a whole, there was a whole thing, whole fucking uh, fuck. I can't think of a word I'm trying to say, but there was a a whole bunch of things that happened. Fuck, things that happened before this that led up to this event. Of this album dropping, you know what I'm saying? And like he was fucking bitching about the fucking, uh, like you said, the clothing, Nike, all that shit. Did the fucking, did the sway, did the sway happen before Yeezus or after Yeezus? Then it might have happened after Yeezus because he was talking about Yeezus maybe. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. Like, yeah. Because Sway said, I, don't, I didn't like it. Yeah. So it's like. <laughs> Sway's the master. It just. So like, even if you don't really like this album, this whole album had a whole, like, this affected the culture. Cause shit, we gonna always have house way. House, you way. don't have the answers, right? So we gonna always have that shit, and that came from this. But back into the fucking music, it's just like like we said, this was angry, rebellious type music. Like he was just fucking, like he said, this was where he was at right there. This is how he was feeling. Like he comes in on this motherfucker with the on site, like that motherfucker. If he if you didn't fucking feel. What he was about to he be said, on. He said, get this bitch shaking like Parkinson's. Like, like, right out the gate. That was one of his first bars. Like, So he's like, fucking... And that, and then, that was one of the things I thought about this album at the time, especially. Like, he was getting back to the, like... Not getting back, but he was in more of a... Uh, this is when, like, Magna Carta Holy Grail t- came out, too. And I felt like Jay-Z and Kanye were more, like... Uh, Conforming isn't the word that I want to say. So, uh, adapting, they're more adapting to the more modern sound, more rapping about like what motherfuckers is rapping about nowadays. Like, motherfuckers just be rapping, clowning. Like, they that's what I feel like yeah. Kanye was more doing on this. I feel like that's what Jay Z was more doing on Magna Carta Holy Grail. Cause I feel a lot of people say, uh, this is off topic, will say Magna Carta Holy Grail wasn't one of, is one of the worst Jay Z pro- uh, projects. And it's because like they don't think like he was uh doing what he normally does. And this I felt like he was like I said, he was more adapting to the modern sound, modern way rappers are rapping. He was putting his own spin on that. And that's what I feel like Kanye was kinda doing with this, is putting his own spin on the more modern sound. And while doing that, not giving a fuck. Right. So like let's get into some of these tracks. Like I said, on site. On yeah. I'm on site, he's got one of my favorite Kanye not caring bars, and it's, uh, she said, can you get my friends in the club? Can you get my Benz in the club? 
If not, treat your friends like my bins. Park their ass outside till the evening ends. That's so rude. Like that's, that's bars, the, though. It is bars, and I love it. Like that's just that is yay at his core. Like what the fuck you mean? Can I get your friends in the club? Fuck off. Like that's yeah. amazing. Right. And then fucking black skinhead. That the, that drum, the drum kick at the beginning of black skinhead is crazy. If that doesn't hype you up, nothing will. And it's like in like. The whole concept behind that song and shit, like the whole leading up to that too, the way he like released that song. I remember like he released it like on like a side of a building and shit, like the video and like he released like snippets yeah, of that it. That video like, is mad creepy too. Right, so it's like, and then like he's fucking screaming on that motherfucker. He's screaming, and then on "I Am a God," he's screaming all over it. Right, he's screaming all over this album. "I Am a God," Hurry that's up my, with my fucking, damn massage. That's a fucking crazy ass song. Like that song, fucking. Shook up the world. I remember when that fucking dropped. They like, oh my god, Kanye saying he's a god. I don't want to fuck with Kanye anymore. And it's like, I guess, man. Like, I don't. I feel like people take shit too fucking literal. Like, yeah, okay, he might have been saying he is a god. He's talking about the rap industry and argue with it. Look at where we've come through this through this discography and tell me this guy's not a god of the industry. Right. Not a literal. He, we, we know you not in heaven, yay. <laughs> Y'all taking shit way too seriously all the time. Right. So then, I am a guy. New Slaves. Hard. Concept behind and that. And that actually, song. that was one of the realest songs on there too, honestly. Right. He was damn near spitting some real shit on that one. Hold My Liquor, that's one of my favorite songs. I can't handle my liquor. Hard. And then I'm in it. That motherfucker That's hard. a banger. And then Blood on the Leaves, that's one of the, most, that's one of the biggest songs if, if out you, there and ba- blood on the leaves and bound two, it, bound two is the closest thing to like an actual like song with a hook and shit that he yeah. had or like I don't know just the most that standard was, look. Yeah, bound two was them there like the uh, commercial song, wasn't it? Yeah, and blood on the leaves is one of the craziest drops. I don't. If anybody that listens to this was at the Indianapolis show of Life of Pablo tour, which me and Don both got, were, wait, we got we, lucky. We got Sace like Sace performances. Of that song until he says, y'all too wild. We got to move on to the next song. <laughs> That's Kanye West, ladies and gentlemen. That motherfucker was cold, man. That shit was going up, though. Yeah, that's one of the... I had to say, man, that was one of my favorite... That might be my favorite concert. I'm trying to figure out what. Is that my favorite concert? I mean, I, we both remember taking Wiz in for the first time as being a very exceptional experience. Right. Um, But, yeah, but yeah. That, I just had never... That was the most just like performance level concert I'd ever seen anyway. Right. Um, I've, never, a, I've never was, seen like another Drake, like a Drake or... Yeah, we can't, that's what I'm saying, you can't really compare, now that you said that, yeah, I can't really compare a Wiz, well, I, yeah, no, I can't really compare a Wiz and them, because they, artist. like, yeah, because he was, fucking Kanye West was inside fucking Banker's life. On a floating stage. Right, like... 25 feet above the the... Floor, like he damn near pro- he probably sold that motherfucker out. If he didn't sell it out, he that got boy close. was nah. That boy was full. That boy was so it's like and it, and like also while we're just talking about Kanye being just always doing something different, that floating stage right was the best shit I've ever seen. I was in the I think the second balcony maybe. Fuck. I was at he was at my eye line the whole time. Right. If everybody that's doing arenas isn't doing that now, they are dumb af. They might be scared. That looked so much fun, though. It did look fun as fuck, though. And just, like, it, it leaned him down towards the floor at times. It moved throughout the entire arena. Nobody 
everybody got a good view at some point, except right. really the floor, honestly. Right. At some point, they might have had a little glimpse, but it was also just looked like it was hella fun down there. Yeah, it's mosh pit and shit down they there. They were turning like, up. Like, like, that fucking... That Life of Pablo tour. Not everybody can turn a, play, a, a whole arena out like that. It right. takes a special somebody to really get some ratchet shit going through a whole arena. Have me jumping up and down yeah. on the first row of a balcony, risking myself just because right. Kanye's here and he's doing all of the lights right now. So Right. So then after Blood on the Leaves, like we got Guilt Trip, got Send It Up, Decent. and then Bound 2. Fire. So it's like... This album has some fucking solid songs on it. I don't know why y'all hate, why so many people hate on it so much. Like, it was, like there's bangers in here. It's t- like it's pretty much ten solid songs. I guess there's maybe I'd say eight fully solid songs. The one song I could probably do without is I could probably do without I'm in it. Oh man, I don't know. That song just does turn up. I I don't know. I think the beat does. Carry, be, the beat carries that song. It maybe send it up. Yeah, I'm not even like I've listened to this album recently. I'm I think I've I skipped guilt trip and send it up like almost. Hell no, nah, guilt trip cold than a bitch. What's that sound like? I what's need that? you right now. Oh yeah, never mind. Yeah, yeah, never mind. Then I don't I I can't play send it up right now either, which is I, I'm usually good at placing it, but right yeah I can't really. That's why I'm that's why I'm pretty. Oh uh, yeah, guilt really trip. Uh, oh yeah, that motherfucker guilt trip cold. When Kanye sings with a little bit with that auto tune, that right. when it brings back that eight oh eight sound, it's always gonna be gold. Right, I remember that motherfucker. That was one of my favorite songs on there. And I see this one. This is one that I was actually into hip hop when it dropped, and I, like Don, finally have one where it's like, oh, this really takes me back. When I was moving to Indy, uh, one of my friends had burnt me this on a CD back when that was still a thing. Yeah. Um and. Uh, like we as we were moving down, we're driving my grandparents' white Dodge Dakota for a trip. Uh, listen to this like two, three times. It's 2013 when this dropped. Same uh, same day as Born Center. Shout out right. J Cole for uh, out selling Yay that day. Yeah, boy. Um, <laughs> sorry guys. Um, J. Cole. But uh, but yeah, and that so this album really does. This one has kind of a special place to me. It was my uh, my kind of. I was growing up. I was going in the real world, and uh, this was. My journey music, yeah. feeling rebellious apparently. Right, I remember uh, what's going on at this time. I was working at fucking Meyer at this time. I remember shit. I actually got this. Uh, I actually got this. See, I want to get back to this. I actually had these. I have a like. I probably had like. What, I say probably like twenty to thirty physical albums, and I remember I worked at uh, Meyer at this time, so I actually bought this physical album. So I had this physical album in my car, and uh, I got it. Always heartbreak physical album too. But anyway, like I uh this reminds me of working at Meyer and fucking getting that physical album. Kind of reminds me of fucking uh Frank Ocean Channel Orange. Cause I feel mm-hmm. like that dropped around like the same time. I remember I got I got that physical album. So yeah, man, like it's just crazy how music can really take you back to a time, like you said, it reminds you of fucking moving out here and fucking reminds me of fucking working at fucking Meyer and just a whole bunch of shit. This shit's just crazy, man. And but, yeah, since he said he had physical albums, I just want to be clear. I got I got late registration and college dropout vinyls. Me and Don out here with the real shit. What y'all on? Right. What y'all on, man? We're at Pablo. So, yeah. Next is The Life of Pablo. And this, I feel like... Uh, this is one of his least conceptual yeah. albums. It's, this is, uh, like, I, like, like I said, like as you can see, like Kanye evolves over time. And this is, like I said, so he kind of... We just got done with Yeezus. So, he, like I said, he was fucking... 
adapting to the sound, and I feel like this is more of an adaptive sound. Like he is, this is more of him, like you said, least conceptual. Like that's. But it's going with it was like kind of almost like a, I don't want to say a popish, but more like it was a main it was a mainstream sound. Right. I feel like he was trying once again to just gain back some of the, some more public grace a little bit after Yeezus rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. Right. And like there's some. There's some great songs on this album. There is. It was long. It was the longest album, I think. Right. It was due because, man, uh, I feel like, so when did... It was, I think it was did, a three-year gap. Yeah, but I was like, this is Denver a, a good minute before... Uh, or at least 20... Let's yeah, 2016. So, so, yeah, 2013 was Jesus. Yeah. So, it was a pretty good fucking minute where a song or music wasn't released from Kanye. So, this was a good fucking... And I mean, this was, I mean, three, he did three years of like, honestly, like adult shit. Like that's where he was right. at. Like he, I'm pretty sure he had his first kid. He got married. Right. Um, uh, I mean, that's, I mean, he was doing grown man shit and, and, long, and getting shit. into his fashion shit. The, the Yeezus frustration was gone. He had, he would accomplish shit. Yeezus was a thing. Uh, and he's working with designers all over and. And we've talked about him before, but I just shout out Kanye, man. He really speaks his shit into existence, man. Pretty much everything, I don't want to say almost everything, but so much of what Kanye has said about what his career was going to be, he has really spoke it all into existence. And oh, shout out. Right. Um, but yeah, so Ultralight Beam, that's an right. incredible song. Father Stretch My Hand. And see, that's the thing, I had to admit. I'm familiar with this album, but it's not one of my most familiar albums. So some of these songs, I might have to like think for a second, like kind of think in my mind what it sound like. Like part two, I'm kind of trying to figure out if I remember what that sound like. Uh, I know that's famous. the one that's got designer in it, I think. And then example. feedback, low lights. I fuck with low lights. I fuck with highlights. Highlights is one of my favorites. Fucking waves. Waves is a banger. FML crazy motherfuckers fucked with real friends real, Ty, yo Ty Dolla Sign is a vibe on that song I fuck with Wolves I that fuck, song is incredible I fuck with 30 Ocean. Hours too and right fucking uh, right definitely 30 Hours no more parties in LA that was a fucking commercial yo, song and also in no, no more parties in LA was the some of the cra- some of the craziest and hardest rapping we've heard from Ye in many years. A couple albums, really, on at this point. I was going to say a lot of years, but it would have been three years since we yeah. heard anything. But he hadn't rapped like that. Like, and that's a long song. They were... And then he had... Isn't Kendrick on that song? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that song... that It's crazy. Kendrick goes off, of course. Kind of crazy that Ye would put a lyricist like that next to him on a track, honestly, at this point in his career. <laughs> but shout out to Ye for doing it. Facts is a banger. Easy, easy, easy. Just jumped over jump, man. Right. Fade. Fade is hard. I don't really remember St. Pablo. St. Pablo was a track he added on later. Um, it's a nice vibe. It's a real track. It's a pretty real track. Long as fuck. Right, I'm seeing the six minutes. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this this is it was a solid album, especially at this point in his career. It was just, it was kind of commercial. Still had some abrasive yay-like lines. Just staying true to himself, really. Not not very expressive, uh, like uh, some other projects, and um, but there's still there's still some great music, and and still continuing to innovate. There's a lot of songs on this album that don't sound like anything that you've heard. Like right. it's it's crazy how he keeps 
how he kept doing it um, and doing it different. And right. uh, like you said earlier, like with the concept, like I said, how he's adapting, like music nowadays, like a lot of albums really, they don't really have concepts behind them nowadays. So it's like, I felt like he was adapting to that. Like his shit has a slight concept behind it, but a lot of it's just like songs that just like got the same type of vibe that kind of just go together. Like honestly, Not really it like listens it. really well. Yeah. Start to finish, there was a there was a couple there was a de- a couple of days where I really just was listening to this like a lot when it came out. I was really I really liked this album. Like I don't want anybody to get it twisted. It's not my favorite Kanye album at all, but I rocked this album hard. Right. We did a our Chipotle. Uh, then me and Don Meta, right. we played the fuck out of this album when it came out. Right. Um. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Victor definitely played the fuck out this album. Yeah, Victor doesn't alter, uh, doesn't ever alternate his music. I don't know <laughs> if he'll ever listen to this, but Victor, hope you help you do better now, bro. Right. <laughs> Change your songs up, bitch. <laughs> bitch. <laughs> so man, Ooh, next man. is fucking his most recent album. It's fucking well, I guess not really. I guess if you want to include Kissy Ghost, but his most uh, recent single album. Or a solo album, rather, is Yay. And I'm going to just be up front, straight up, out open, 100. I didn't really fuck with this album. This this motherfucker, damn, this fucking EP. Yeah, damn near. That's what they did for the good music drops this year, the seven the seven track albums produced by Yay. Um, or that, like, Thought About Killing You, that song was fried, like, I don't I know. Once he was... started rapping on it, it's not bad. I always skip the beginning part where he talks about I thought about killing you. Premeditated murder. Um, but then Yikes is a banger, damn near. I don't even really remember those. Um, of All Mine is that's... is pretty introspective. There's a there's a bar in there that's just a, a little a little fried that doesn't strike right with the tone of the song because he comes in and says, let me hit it raw, fuck the outcome. But none of us would be here without come. I'm he's, like, that's cringy, bro. What is? Come on. He's fried. Like, yeah, that was a um, fried line. Uh, <laughs> wouldn't leave. That's a really introspective, uh, vulnerable song about his experience with uh, Kim after oh, yeah, he that's... said that uh, slavery was a choice line and being kind of misunderstood and blah blah blah. And right, that song was kind of real. I think I think I did fuck with that song. No mistakes is like him old as a grown man now, and now that he has that a daughter. One. Um, talking about how like he he and rap in general, I feel like and guys in general like look at women as sexual objects and whatnot and creep online and all that shit and just talking about how he gonna be really protective of his daughter basically. So that was another real song. Ghost Town is hit or miss for people. I think it's a really great vibe. That's my favorite song on the album. It's got Cuddy on it, um, and they both just sound happy and like that's something that's good to hear from both of them yeah. after what they've been through honestly like they both really do just sound comfortable with what they're doing in life and uh and then violent crimes is violent crimes i don't really have an explanation for it it's just uh it's actually i do it's about like uh making excuses for the way that people act violent crimes is just like acting out and shit and blah 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 which is pretty easy to explain with kanye um, I think there's some shit in this album. I think he, he two two weeks before his album dropped, he scrapped the whole album he had and he made this. So to me, like this was just this is some shit he really needed to get off his chest. Right. I know shit. I know all about that. Fucking I done made hella fucking projects and thrown hella projects away. Motherfuckers don't even know. It seemed like I said, if you seem like I'm no bullshit, but I swear to God, I done wrote over fucking five hundred fucking songs, man. I just ain't recorded all them bitches. 
but I don't wrote hella fucking songs. Um, but it does to me. It does show Ye continue to evolve in his music and show you where he's at. Right. Um, it, it's definitely the most mature album of his career, but it's also I, I, I will say it's the worst album of his career too. But yeah. on a Ye scale, what does that really mean? Right. Yeah. Like so. Yeah. Like when you say shit like that, like it's like. Like yeah, like it just sounds bad, but it, like when you put the whole thing into perspective, when you see what we just went over for right, the last com- hour, or whatever right, this was, right? Comparing his other albums, right? Having to compare these albums to this, like, yeah, you could say it's the worst, but like, the worst that's not that bad considering how great all these other albums are. So it just shows, man. Like Kanye has had, he's not Kanye, yeah. So, like I already said, my greatest album is 808's A Heartbreak, just because, like, I, I feel like that was a sound we have never, we had never heard, and we haven't heard since. Like, there's nothing else that sounds like 808's A Heartbreak. I feel like I could found, find other stuff that sounds like his other albums. Not taking anything away from those other albums, but besides for maybe Yeezus, I feel like there's other songs that I could find that sound like. Yeah, no, Yeezus is definitely its own thing, too. Right, but like, 808's a heartbreak, there's nothing else that sounds like 808's a heartbreak. There's just nothing else that sounds like it. And just like I said, the time I was going through some shit, and I just remember shit. So that's just, I I think that's his greatest album. Putting emotion, the artistic side, the production, just like, uniqueness is, that's just it. 808's a heartbreak, that's his greatest album to me. All right. What do you have to go? For me... My beautiful dark twisted fantasy is always a thought. It's not my answer. He's shaking his head. Calm the fuck down. <laughs> it's not my answer. It's an incredible sonic experience. I can't overstate enough how much thought went into every literally. I kid you not. Every note of that album. Um, so I have so much respect for it as a piece of art. Um, but my personal, to me, the greatest, the one that speaks to me the most, and I think had the most influence overall. Uh, you can't beat the college dropout to me. He, nah, the first it, it's, one. It, he came out of the gate so hard. Uh, def- showed that chipmunk soul project- production that literally scored him his deal. Um, showed off his, it, the 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 lyric the the what made us lo- fall in love with Kanye is his funny pop culture references. His not afraid to say whatever. His speaking for very much for for Black Lives at that time. Um, People think he's abandoned that. They're tripping, but at that time, especially, he was that very. Motherfucker, that motherfucker Nick just got back. There he is, Nicky G. We heard it. Right. Um, but I yeah, so College it. Dropout is is the one for me. It's just the rollout with Through the Wire and stuff is so powerful. Um, that album can make you feel some stuff too. He's got some good songs on there. It's just great music. Right, man. So shit, really, man. We might have just found a new little lane for the show, man. Like I'm a, uh, I really like this like little shit. How shit? We've been talking for a minute. I don't know how long the fucking Kanye segment was, but I like how we did this, broke this shit down. So we definitely gonna do this on the next one. I like this little like we might find a new lane, might get more music based. Who knows? You know, we always experiment. You know, hit us up, man. Let us know what you want to hear, man. Black on black, B L A C K on B L A C C. My man's Topher Stetzel. Hell yeah. Hit us up. Let us know what you want to hear. I'm trying to... Fuck it. Not I'm trying to. I'm coming back with another episode next week. 
We starting to knock these episodes out every week, if not multiple times in a week. Fuck it. We're knocking them out. Time to get to it. Coming with this music. Coming with everything. We about to turn the fuck up. Donnie Ray's no fucking filter. It's like episode fucking, I don't know, maybe like yeah. maybe like five. All together, oh. raw, if you want to include Raw Rational, yeah, it might be like nine uh, or something. No fucking filter, though. This might be like episode four or five. But like I said, man, it's first one back. Come so... Apologize if it's any rustiness, if we got a little boring. But the hey, if you think the last shit was boring, then fuck you, because we went in on that. Yeah. But uh, like I said, man. I think we went in today. Right. We covered a lot. Right. So let us know what you want us to talk about. We're coming back with another episode next week, man. We knocking these motherfuckers out. Donnie Ray's no fucking filter. Donnie Ray, black on black. Stetzel. Topher Stetzel. Hit us up. We got this bitch. <laughs>